0: Welcome back, everyone, to the long-awaited third episode of Phantom Phantoms. I know it's been a while since I last recorded an episode, but I am finally back with this episode's topic being DC Comics' Joker, the new origin movie which has had a lot of people feeling uncomfortable about one of the most popular clowns in history, the clown prince of crime himself, the Joker. Now, for those of you who are new, or who might have forgotten, This is a podcast where I sometimes, joined by a guest, today's episode, no guest, share my thoughts on something related to pop culture, whether it be a new game, movie, etc. I go into a bit of the history and some fun facts that I discovered along the way. Also, and this is probably the most important one, I go into full spoilers. The movie is old, I get it, but there's still people who are like, I haven't seen it yet, so if you don't want to be spoiled, even though the movie has been out of the theaters for a couple of weeks now, please, please, please stop listening now and come back after you have watched the movie, okay, giving you enough time to leave now, it's alright, now for those of you who somehow don't know who the Joker is, here's a bit of history. The Joker is a mysterious clown who has always had a questionable origin. He first appeared in the 1940s issue of Batman No. 1. He is definitely one of the most recognizable villains in pop culture due to his various portrayals, whether it be from the comics, movies, the animated series, or even the video games. Some very notable people who have portrayed the Joker in some capacity are Mark Hamill, you know, Luke Skywalker, Heath Ledger, probably one of the most famous Jokers in recent time. Zach Galifianakis. Troy Baker, probably one of the most famous voice actors of recent time. Jack Nicholson. Cesar Romero. And of course, the one who portrayed him in the new movie, Joaquin Phoenix. And that's just to name a few. There's a lot more who have played the Joker in some sort of capacity. Now, one of his most popular comic arcs that people like to reference is called Batman the Killing Joke. A story that gives him somewhat of an origin, where he was a comedian down on his luck and becoming a criminal to make some extra cash. Sound familiar? We kind of see hints of that in the movie. Now, his world changes when he falls into a vat of chemicals and goes insane. It eventually flashes forward to the present. Where Joker has now escaped his imprisonment, shot Barbara Gordon, and kidnapped her father, the Commissioner. Barbara Gordon is Batgirl, and when she is shot, she gets put in the wheelchair, and that's how she becomes Oracle. So that was a pretty big moment in the Bat family history, let alone in Joker history. Now, the whole reason he captures the Commissioner is that he hopes to show that all it takes is one bad day to make even the best of men go bad. Eventually, after some shenanigans, the commissioner does not go bad, and Batman comes, and when Batman comes, he tells him, we're gonna do this one by the books. Now, probably the reason this book is so famous is that it ends with kind of a side panel, just out of the picture, And we just see laughing. And it's... Batman and Joker was the last thing we saw. And they're both laughing at this joke. But... Since nothing really gets shown... People think... Batman may have killed the Joker. But there's also a strong argument... That the Joker was not killed in this moment. That's where the controversy lies. There's been... Some statements after the fact, for both sides, you figure there's the movie that shows one side. There's the actual comic writer who says this is what we meant. But if you look at the book and you just read the book, it ends without you really knowing what happened. And an argument to be made for both sides. Which, the reason I think that's a great story to tell when going into this movie is because this movie is very similar in that sense it has those moments where you don't really know how it ends. It kind of hints at things and is like, you know, you can make some inferences, but you're not 100% sure, which is one of the best parts of this type of storytelling, I think. Now, besides that very famous storyline, the Joker is also known for brutalizing Jason Todd. And the reason for that was that, Fans actually had the opportunity to call in and they had to choose whether or not they wanted to kill Jason Todd because Jason Todd was received very lukewarm. Some people hated him. Some people were like, eh, he's the new Robin. Who cares? So they had a whole little moment in the comic book where you could actually call in to decide his fate and his fate was decided and the Joker killed him. Mm, retcons later eventually jason todd comes back as the red hood um so i mean is he dead yes is he not well later down the line he comes back because comics of course but he's also very well known for his relationship if that's what you want to call it with harley quinn which harley quinn was a therapist That goes crazy while studying the Joker. Um, She's assigned to him. I kind of wanted to see that in this movie. But we don't get any of that. Um, I was kind of hoping at the end when we see his therapist. There was just going to be a like name tag that said Quinzel. But maybe that would have been too much on the nose. And especially how the movie ends. Which we'll get into a little bit more later down the line. Having her be named Quinzel would not have been the smartest decision. (laughs) But anyways, one of the things that you can guarantee no matter what version you look at is that you're always going to see Joker as a crazy genius in some sort of clown makeup. And he's probably going to go face to face with Batman and bring terror to the city of Gotham. Now, in this movie, does he go face-to-face with Batman? Technically, yeah. I mean, Bruce Wayne isn't Batman yet, but he does put his face next to Bruce Wayne's face, which is kind of what triggers Alfred. Um, But anyways, let's get into the part that everyone really wants to know, right? Did I like the movie? And honestly, wow. This movie was phenomenal, in my opinion. There's a reason that it's number one gross rated R movie with about 289 million dollars domestically and about 878 million dollars worldwide as of November 2nd, 2019. So, take that how you will. But... This movie was successful. Right. Now. I could see. Various reasons why this movie can make some people uncomfortable. Between. Arthur just clearly being represented as the hero throughout the movie. Even with his tons of violence and villainous acts. A lot of the times you feel bad for him in the sense that. A lot of his actions are reactions. Like. For example, him killing the people on the train is a reaction of these kids just won't leave him alone, as well as these other people who keep bullying him throughout the days. And so, for 80% of the movie, my mind keeps going, I feel bad for this guy. But then, deep down, I know, like, this guy, especially when he's Arthur, you don't feel as bad for him when he becomes the Joker towards the end of the movie but like when he gets beat up by the kids with the sign when the lady tells her tells him to stay away from her kid in the bus when he gets fired essentially because he got s- set up by someone he considered a friend and he got beat up by kids with a sign so he gets fired So during those Arthur moments, I feel like you kind of feel bad for him. But deep down, you know, this guy's going to become the Joker at some point. So you like there's a piece of my brain that's like, I can't feel bad for him because he's evil. But like they show so many human moments. And even if it's not that that makes you uncomfortable, it might be the raw violence. Like when he kills the people on the train, it's not like. Uh cartoony blah 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 no it like it comes out of nowhere and it's, it's very like realistic I don't even think there's background music or if there is it's so subtle that you don't really notice it and you're just kind of left there in a bit of a silence when the first gunshot goes off you hear the gunshot you hear everyone kind of freeze up and like you can kind of hear gasps and gasps in the audience because even if you kind of expected it, it, it just kind of came like a sucker punch, you know, which I think is what the movie does really well. And I think that's what's going to be very decisive between people and whether or not they like it if they don't like this overly violent o- overly like realistic take because of the society we live in and this kind of dive into people with mental health issues then I feel like you won't like this movie because it will sucker punch you without you noticing it now when it comes to walking phoenix i think his performance no matter whether or not you like the movie, I think most people can agree that Walking Phoenix gives an excellent, raw, and emotional performance. I feel like I saw people from the preview night saying, like, Walking Phoenix deserves an award for this, and I was like, all right, you guys, like, we're, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I, I think even if he doesn't get, like, an Academy Award or anything for this... Just because of the type of movie it is, it's not necessarily, like, an Oscar movie. I say that, but then Suicide Squad won an Oscar, right? It's not really an Oscar movie. Um, but I, I think Joaquin Phoenix will get the recognition he deserves just from the common people. Um, I I have yet to really see anyone say anything bad about his performance. I've seen people not like the movie, but specifically his performance everyone seems to agree was a great job. Um, I think the director kind of hit it on the head where he said that he went up to Joaquin Phoenix and said, hey, let's make a real movie and disguise it as a superhero movie. Now, I saw some people taking offense to that, especially because of some of the news with like some big director saying, Oh, Marvel movies aren't real movies. The way I took it is it's not that Marvel movies aren't real movies, it's that indie movies or movies that tell interesting stories without a high budget don't get any recognition because so many people don't go to the movies as much. And so if it's not a Disney, a Warner Brothers, a, let's see, Lionsgate film, most people kind of sweep it under the rug. So, like, a good chunk of this movie, I believe, didn't need to be called Joker. I feel like if you take out the name Bruce Wayne and call him, like, Bruce Davis, right? You take out the name... um, joker and you just call him like i don't know bobby or whatever right like even arthur fleck call him arthur pence right like change everyone's name around and it's like it no longer is a joker movie but the fact that it is allowed them to have that bigger budget have that bigger marketing and in reality brought people out to the movie Um, I feel like if this movie was called something like Arthur and had no ties to Batman or the Joker, I don't think it would have done as well as it did because it has the name Joker slapped on. Even if the movies were exactly the same, even if the plot points were exactly the same, the character development was the exact same, the actors were the exact same, I think if the movie was called Arthur and was not related to DC, not a Warner Brothers property... Then it would not have done as well. Which we'll never know. Because you can't. (laughs) The movie is out there and the movie is called Joker. Right? So. That is that. But. There are a little bit of predictable bits. um, Especially I felt once. It came down to him really donning the Joker persona. It's like okay. Little bits here and there are predictable. But also apparently not. Because. Because. Um, for example, I thought the whole, like, I'm going to shoot, uh, Murray on the Murray show was obvious, but I see a lot of people saying like, they, they think he decided that last second and that they didn't realize that was going to happen. I, I took it as that was always kind of his plan, but upon further analysis and hearing other people talk about it, it's like, I could definitely see where people thought, like, his whole plan was to kill himself at right there and then. I always thought his whole plan was like, yeah, I'm going to kill Murray. Because as soon as he transformed into that Joker persona, it's like he, he seemed like he was trying to get revenge at the people who are wronging the society. But I could definitely see people's argument for like, because yeah, he does do the whole like gun thing to himself. But I always just kind of took that as like, I don't know, misdirection, I guess, but I thought the whole end bit was obvious, but people seem to think differently. As, like, the car crash, I was like, oh, yeah, he obviously someone's gonna break him out in the car. That's why we're following the police car, or else we would just end up in Arkham, like we do at the end, right? So I was like, okay, that's kind of predictable. He's obviously gonna get back up, but there's people who are out there who are like, there's, I was super surprised. I thought the movie was gonna end with him dead. And I think part of that reason is because this movie isn't tied to the DC Universe. So, like, this Joker, for example, probably won't show up in Matt Reeves' Batman. I feel like it could if they really wanted to. But I think the director has come out and said that he doesn't want to make a sequel. Um, Directors say that all the time as far as, like, this is going to be my movie and this... Is uh, going to be the masterpiece. And I don't want it connected to this big world. And then the big studios come out. And they're like. Yeah but what if we gave you a million dollars. And the director goes. Yeah okay I'll do it. Right. So it's like. I don't know. If not the director. It might have been Joaquin Phoenix himself. Who said he doesn't want to be part of a series. But again. I think a big enough paycheck will bring them in. So I could definitely see this. Having a sequel. Does it need one? No. Do I want one? Kind of. Do I want one where Joker takes on Batman? No. I think I think Bruce Wayne is too young in this for the Joker to fight. I think the Joker's too old in this. Because let's say Bruce Wayne's like 10, right? And let's say Joker's like 30. I don't really see how they can do a Batman v. Joker. Because let's say Batman becomes Batman... Even in, like, his early 20s, right? That'll mean Joker's in his, in his 40s. And do I really want to see someone double Batman's age try to fight him? I mean, it, it could be more of, like, a outsmarting, kind of like the Riddler, where it's, like, it's not a physical altercation, but it's Joker setting up all these plots to trap the Batman, and the Batman has to outsmart him. But at that point, you're getting into Riddler territory, so just make a Riddler villain. Which, I think there's hints that the Riddler might be one of the villains in the Matt Reeves trilogy. Because they announced a trilogy, or they speculate that there's going to be a trilogy. I haven't really kept up with Batman news, per se. But I know that there are definitely some actors in the talks. um, And I know that Zoe Kravitz is 100% Catwoman. That she's been confirmed for that. And that Robert Patterson. Or Pattinson. Has been 100% confirmed for Batman. And it's going to be Matt Reeves directing. So we'll, we'll see how that does. For now. Let's get back on with Joker. I think by the end of it. I kind of walked away not being sure. What was true. And what wasn't. Because so much of it. Could have just been made up in his head. Because. Of the jump cuts and stuff like that. The weird back and forth. The weird flashbacks. For example the Murray show. Where Murray hugs Joker. And invites him on stage. And is like Arthur. I would want you to be my son. At the time I was like that's kind of weird. He's obviously imagining that. And it's like. Throughout the movie you can kind of see. A lot of things. Could be imagined. Such as. The clearly imagined supportive girlfriend. Which, throughout the movie, I was like, oh, this is kind of weak. This feels weird. Why is this girl into his comedy that clearly isn't landing? Like, he stalked her, and she was kind of like, oh, I'm into it. And then the reveal that it's all in his head, and the girlfriend isn't actually his girlfriend, when he goes to visit her, and she acts like he's a stranger, I feel like that was a perfect reveal. And that really strengthened the movie, because... That whole girlfriend arc was weird to me. But now that I know it was imagined. It makes a lot of sense. Then they kind of imply that the Joker kills her. But they don't show it. And I feel like that's a strong choice. Because I took that as he 100% killed her and the daughter. Like they're dead. Let's add that to the body count. But I also see the argument that... She survives because deep down, he thinks that they're a thing. So he wants to protect her. And we don't really see like him walk out with a knife. The closest thing to like a dead body that we can infer is we see the police sirens and we see the police kind of walk out. But I took that as uh, the little friend called... In the police. Because if I remember correctly. The scene where he kills. The guy who gave him the gun. And lets. His little friend out. For being friendly towards him. Took place before. His girlfriend scene. Well I could be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure. That happens first. And I feel like. That's a lesson. That. May or may not have been intentional. But, like, it's a lesson to just be kind to people. Um, It's an extreme lesson for sure. Like, in this case, the guy wasn't kind, and so he got killed. And the guy that was kind got to survive. But it's like, you don't know what people are going through. So spreading a little bit more kindness. I feel like the movie gets a lot of bad rap for all its violence. But it does have a little message like that. Where it's like, this, this guy with mental health issues really needs help. And this guy was at least kind to him. And even if he wasn't necessarily, like, kind. Like, he didn't go out of his way, right? But he also didn't go out of his way to be rude to him. So Arthur's human side kind of shows. And he he respects him for that. It's like, thank you for at least showing me some human decency, right? So I think that's a key detail to take away from the movie. If nothing else, please take that away. You know walk away from the movie and think I should be a little kinder to those around me and even if it's not being kinder it's just treating people with decency right even if you don't know them if they're a complete stranger even if they're a little rude to you or they seem a little weird it's like just a smile just a wave just a head nod something right something like I acknowledge you just opening the door for them whatever it is just something that's like hey I appreciate you for being on this earth, you know. Now, back to Joker movie. Um, He kills a couple other people, right? He sets up the cops. He kills Murray. We've talked about that. And then the car crash obviously happens. After all of that, we see a random clown who's inspired by the Joker kills Batman's parents in the traditional Batman way. Martha's Martha's pearls go all over the place. And then we see the Joker talking to his therapist. And I don't remember the exact line. But it's something along the lines of the therapist asking him, Oh, what's so funny? Because the Joker's laughing. And he goes something along the lines of, Oh, I thought of a joke. And she's like, What is it? Something like that. Um, And... Joker kind of looks at her and is like, you wouldn't get it. As we flash over to Batman staring down at his parents, which is like, oh, I get it. The joke is that similar to the Joker, this society created Batman where his arch rival was kind of created by himself. He created the one person who could stop him. Which, if you subscribe to the theory that this takes place in the future... Because there's people who think Arthur looks a little older at the end of the film than what he is supposed to be during the film. Because in the film, I think he's supposed to be like late 20s, early 30s. And people think he looks like he's in his 40s. So people, some people think that he's thinking back about his experience. And that this whole end part is just him kind of recounting his tales in his mind and that's why some of the memories are off because it's how he remembers it and why he kind of looks a bit older and that's because he doesn't necessarily remember what he looked like when he was younger but he remembers what he looks like now so he kind of places himself now which is why he's able to see at his current age he's able to see himself get beaten when he reads the file even though he wouldn't have been that age when his mother let her boyfriend beat him. So I personally don't subscribe to that theory, but I see that theory and I could see his joke being oh, Batman threw me in Arkham Asylum, where I am sitting right now, and I'm the one who created him. So I basically threw myself in Arkham Asylum. But that's not the only part where it's like, okay, did this movie happen in real time? Or is it false memories? Or what, what, what is it, right? Because we also see at some point, like, things just kind of happen. He gets fired, and we see him flash over to, like, beating up a body, right? And then it flashes back to where he's getting fired. And it's like, okay, so that wasn't his boss that he was beating up. So was he just imagining... The thought of, oh, right now what I would want to do is beat up my boss in this back alley. But he didn't actually do that. Or did he actually at some point go to the back alley? Similarly, people think the whole time he was trapped in the asylum. And none of this movie actually happens. And he watched it all unfold. And he put himself in those shoes. Because he, the way he sees it, his life had no purpose, right? He was a nobody. So maybe he watched the news. And is like, oh, all of this is going down. Wouldn't it be cool if that was me? And so Arthur imagined himself as the Joker. He imagined himself doing these heinous acts. But he never really was out of the asylum. Because at some point in the movie, when he's first talking to a social worker, they bring up the fact that he has been to an asylum before. And we see a flashback Of him banging his head against the glass window as his head is bleeding. And so it's like, if you take that as truth, why would they let him out? Like, how did this guy get out? The way I saw it was, oh, he got out because of funding, right? Because, like, there's hints of this neighborhood being so poor that the funding isn't there. And so since the funding isn't there... You can infer that they kind of shut this place down and he, maybe he wasn't considered a threat. So they're like, okay, we release this guy, right? We can't afford to put him into another asylum. So let's just send him home, right? With his mother. And he'll, he'll be taken care of there. Because they don't really seem to care, which is something the Joker brings up. But it's like, did he actually tell her that? Because that, she doesn't really react to him saying, you don't seem to listen. During that whole little speech he gives her, she just acts the same. So, I'm thinking that was in his head. He's thinking, oh, I want to say this to her. But he doesn't actually say it. But, I personally like to believe that most of the movie happens. Besides the obvious things. Because the second you start going, oh, that didn't really happen, that didn't really happen. Like, for example, the purgatory theory where the Joker... Died in the car crash, and the end of the movie is actually him in purgatory, which is why he's so, like, childlike, and he's running around endlessly, and everything kind of looks the same, and his feet are covered in blood, not because he killed the therapist, but actually because that's his sins, um, I don't know, I feel like the second you start taking that away, it kind of takes away from the movie, where it's like, you, you could- You can make everything and say, oh, none of it actually happened, and then it's like, what was the point of the movie? So I personally like to believe that most of the movie happens besides some obvious things, like obviously the girlfriend part, where it's like she was a fiction of his imagination, and we saw that. The Murray show, where he hugs him and goes like, I want you as a son. Obviously the Joker is just kind of putting that on him and imagining that would happen, like, oh, if I was... To go see the Murray show, Murray would call me up and he would want me to be his son. Not that that actually happened. Because if that actually happened, why is Murray making fun of him at the end of the movie, right? I I think just believing in personal headcanon that most of the movie happened just makes the story of Joker a lot better. But regardless of what I think, I want to hear your guys' theories in the comments below. So, please, please, please let me know. Did you like the movie? Did you hate it? Do you want a sequel? Do you want to see Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker again? Or do you just kind of want to throw this to the wayside and forget about it? Are there any comics that you think I should read after watching this movie? Because I definitely have dabbled into comics here and there. Um, I'm more of a Marvel fanboy, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I do read DC from time to time. But I'm always willing to read new books. So if you think, hey, this movie has some correlation with this Joker or this Joker is a really good story that's being told, go ahead and leave those down in the comments below as well. But until next time, I will catch you guys later and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Phantom Phantoms. I can't wait to share another one with you guys. (laughs) Ho <laughs>